0: I often say this to the kids at the schools, what you go looking for is what you find. If Mm. you go looking for what's wrong with you, guess what you're going to find? Yep. What's wrong with you? You go looking for what's good in you. You're going to find out what's good in you. There's a lot of people out there now valuing space in their life. Yep. There's a heck of a lot of people out there that just have to fill their day. They've got to do something all the time. They've got to be building and creating. You can't build and create without space. Yeah, exactly,
1: yeah. Because
0: <laughs> how do you reflect and how do you reevaluate and how do you come up with your creative strategies? A lot of people live urgent, reactive lives minute by minute, hour by hour until... They're in bed that night, or they've come home for dinner, etc., etc., and they're just waiting to go to sleep. But space in a day should be valued and prioritized. A lot of people learned that during COVID because COVID gave them that space. Great coaches never motivate anybody. Great coaches paint pictures of possibilities in people's minds or they lead them to that picture that's seen as something greater than where they're at. And if they see that picture clearly and it's important to them, good news, Taylor, they'll motivate themselves into action. That's coaching. Hey, you've just joined A Journey with Bernie. Greetings, dear family, friends and followers and a tap dancing celebration. Woohoo! To any of you who are joining A Journey with Bernie for this very first time, My name is Bernie Kelly. And right now, it doesn't matter what I've done in my life because I'm just grateful that you've joined us. If you give one minute of your precious time to this episode, I promise you, there is every chance you will identify actions and strategies, processes and routines, concepts and ways of seeing life that will help you as they help me to find greater love of life. Remember, dear people, love is a lifestyle. It's a habit. It's a way of viewing our existence. That's what this podcast is all about. What about my guests? Well, they come from all walks of life. Some of them might be CEOs of reputable companies, prominent sporting talents, university professors, but others might just be the person next door. It doesn't matter what their profile is. I'm letting you know now they have a special gift. They give us the spirit of joy and happiness in the way that they live. The question is, how did they get there? Yes, folks, that's what this podcast is all about. We're all on this beautiful adventure, aren't we? It's called life. Let's embrace it. And you have surely done that today by joining this episode of A Journey with Bernie. Welcome aboard, folks. It's great to have you with us. I love episodes where we have to differentiate ourselves from other podcasts. You may remember in episode number 10, I took 13 excerpts from our previous nine guests and weaved them into what I had learnt from interviewing and facilitating their story. Well, today's different again. Those guests have asked whether they can be the interviewer. Taylor Pierce, you've got a wry smile on your face, yes, I think you're going to enjoy this. <laughs> I am. I love switching the roles. I'm interviewing you now. I love it. <laughs> Taylor has been our producer, our editor, our cleaner of the podcast, done a magnificent job. He was also the guest, I think, of episode number four, along with Jasmine I Western. think that
1: was episode five.
0: By I can't remember stepping into the unknown. That's, That's right. Wonderful episode about the advantage of travel and the Kilimanjaro's That's and what right. it taught you as a as a young person. But today, Taylor takes my place. He is the interviewer and the facilitator. Now, guess what he's done, folks? <laughs> he's contacted and connected, or a journey with Bernie has done so. Five guests of this podcast. I think they're, You told me Maren Tuck. Yep. Ian Sudar, That's right. Who else, please? Peter Darcy. Yes. Tony Groom. Tony Groom. And yourself. And
1: myself. <laughs> you
0: contacted yourself. I have left I
1: left myself for <laughs> last. It's the hard-hitting question that's going
0: to finish the episode, I think. And they're going to ask, or sorry, Taylor's going to ask me five questions that he and his fellow guests would like to ask me around this whole subject Of becoming a more loving human being How to create sustainable happiness And therefore add more meaning to our lives So I'm going to be on the receiving end And I'm looking forward to it Taylor. Have you got your opening question?
1: I've got. Uh, yeah, I've got the very first question ready to fire. And who from? <laughs> Just give me, give me a hint. Okay, so the very first question is from Meryn Tuck.
0: Um, which uh, was the episode for Host Your Home. The yeah, wonderful, yeah, wonderful. The thing I remember about Meryn is, is that she spoke so beautifully about how love and connection in business can actually add value to. Creating better financial outcomes. And I found that absolutely fascinating that there could be a link. But yeah. she's got a question to talk. She is sure about, does. Is it about business? Yeah, surprisingly, it's not. But it could probably link straight into business, Let's of have course. a crack at um,
1: it. Okay, from Marin Tuck. How does one develop or create greater self-love?
0: Oh, gee, I'm an instinctive person. And the, the, the immediate answer that comes to that is forget yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that sounds funny, but it seems to me that we get distracted by so much absorption about self. And yet, the moment that we like ourselves enough to forget ourselves is the moment that we can actually wander around. And not be self-absorbed. So in those moments, I then become free to see the look on other people's faces, to see the opportunity to reach out and serve another, to add Mm. value to another. And my reward for doing that is I feel better about me Mm. plus... When I, I free myself to forget me, how do I do that? Is I've got to recognise that the most debilitating and limiting thing I own, plus one of the most beautiful creative things that I also own, is the same thing. It's my thoughts. Mm. Yeah. And I love the concept of recognising that I don't have to accept my thoughts as anything else. But an interpretation of what's happened in the past that lingers around within me and occasionally invades my psyche on a daily basis. But they are just thoughts. They're not even the truth. Yeah. They're still my interpretation of it. Yeah. So I guess do you have
1: any tools? It could be something as simple as writing writing a post-it note on the mirror every morning to remind you or or waking up to your favourite song or something like that to kind of catapult you into that headspace.
0: I, I, I like what you're asking. Um, the one that comes immediate to mind, and it's it, this is really fascinating for me, how many people I ask, do you suspect that meditation would help? Mm-hmm. And you know how many people say, Oh, uh, I know it would help, but I just haven't got around to it. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just letting you know now that the, the process of meditation is being able to, to be self without interruption of thought. Mm. And if so many of our thoughts are born from past experiences... I just wonder how much of those past experiences, particularly the negative ones, invade our day-to-day as thought and they're an interruption just to appreciating who we are. Mm. So I know it sounds funny. If you feel that meditation is going to help you, do it. Stop mucking around. Get out there and search for your West End school of meditation that's not too far from here Yeah, and yeah. do something about it. Of course, Taylor, meditation comes in many different forms. I don't know about you, but when you and I walked the Himalayas together, mm. the profound peace and quiet and power of that nature took yeah. me into what i call a meditative stuff i could have walked there for an hour and not have a thought
1: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i i totally agree with you i you, you lose yourself in, in where in where you're at and you're as they say you empty your mind in a way like it's it's silence and that's yeah. that's a really uh powerful place to be in your head but i i've in my own personal experience i am a very, very strong adv- advocate for um, meditation. However, for me, I, I need to find my own um, pathway back to meditation. I had a, a spiritual experience many, many years ago that led me away from it. Um, so I'm going to take your advice from this podcast exactly and, and find my way back to it because I think that's where I need to go personally.
0: I, I find that interesting because I don't know why it is, but I'm thinking of Ken Packenham, Episode 1, mm. um, live your values. And Ken's Ken's challenge was not live it daily, not live it hourly, but live it momentary. Yeah. So what I'm saying is if it's a peak value, then you've got to live it. Mm, yeah, exactly. So let's make a summary for, for, for Mare and Tan. Yeah, yeah, yep. yep. And, I, and I'm going to try to do it succinctly because I tend to over-verbalise it. I apologise, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, wake up. See the good, even speak the good. We're all full of self-talk, but look for the good. Too easy to look for what's wrong. Go out into the world on a daily basis. Forget about yourself, but you can only do that if you have a tool to keep limiting and debilitating thoughts at bay. I'm not saying any human being can eliminate them. Welcome to humanity. They're there. The process of meditation and valuing it as a prized hour in daily life can teach one how to keep debilitating thoughts where they're meant to be. We don't have to become a product of our thoughts. Great news, folks. Every single person that's listening to this podcast is a well of love. The only thing that stops them are the only things that block them. That's right. And that's possibly debilitating and limiting thoughts. I need to say this, by the way. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. But I've been hanging around thousands of people yearly and in that coaching game... This is what occurs to me that could be of value. I hope our listeners find value. Maren is going to let me know whether I answered that question (laughs) satisfactorily. Have you got another one for
1: us? I sure do. All right. Number two is from Ian Suter, one of our most recent episodes. Yeah. Okay. Ian writes What routines or daily routines do you use, Bernie, or what do you recommend? To put you in a daily state of clear purpose,
0: greater love, and happiness. Yeah, so so Ian's almost drilling down to daily activity. The first thing I I, want to comment on is how important I feel routine is. See, once you come to recognize that certain things add value to our lives, I just wonder... Why do people compromise on that? Then all of a sudden they're not doing it for the rest of the week. They haven't got time to get back to their routine next week. Routines that offer activity and value that help you to be the best of you should be uncompromisable. I do have routines that serve me every day. Mm. I think this is what Ian's asking for. Yep. Now, I'm not going to say I do this every day, but I'm aware of it and I'm connected to doing it most days. Even in the coldness of these June, July, August mornings, if I go to bed before 10 o'clock, there's a routine. Yep. I will wake up between 5 and 5.30, that's how my body operates. Interesting enough, that suits me perfectly. If I have a wine or two too many and I go to bed at midnight, I promise you I'll probably wake up at 3 o'clock because my liver is actually waking me up to clean out the wine. Mm. It's got to detoxify the body. Yeah, exactly. So I'm looking at myself here now and I'm just saying, Getting to bed before ten o'clock is so much value to me mm. because I wake up between five and five thirty. I already have the walking shoes beside the bed. I know it sounds funny, but sometimes I even go to bed wearing what I'm gonna walk. <laughs> <for>. <laughs> like I just wear I wear my athletic shorts. Oh, I'm, to- I'm
1: talking that you're going to go out and uh, walk in your pyjamas at 5 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> no,
0: no <laughs> okay. the, the pyjamas could be the, the, the walking T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, So I just make it easy for myself by getting out of bed, putting on the walking shoes. So there I am, but I do live in a beautiful location that I value highly. Mind you, I selected it for its location. I can walk along the Brisbane River. I can walk with the, the, the trees that line the Brisbane I can go past those gorgeous kangaroo point cliffs. What am I saying? My first exposure to the day is with nature. And I will walk to a spot, and it's my spot, <laughs> mm, yeah, that I can actually reach by quarter past six. And it's where I do the meditation. Now, I'm not going to elaborate anymore on what meditation is. I think I gave a fair description of the value of it yeah. in, in Maren's question. But then after that meditation, I have great clarity around what the day is. I'm feeling good. I'm in the right state to handle the day. I should add this too. Before 10 o'clock, I write down the three things that I must do the next day in order for it to be a terrific day. I'm already thinking creatively about the next day, before my head hits the pillow the night before. And I promise you this, if you do that as a habit, you will wake up knowing what the next day, what today is all about because you've already programmed your mind and your spirit Mm, to do these three things the next day. That's called a creative life. That's a creative strategy. That's that's creating what's important for you to do. Mm, Yeah. Three things the night before that you're going to do the next day. Value sleep. Yeah. Get up. Get in the right state. Dalai Lama uh, used to say he does four hours of Buddhist chant. Desmond Tutu in the Book of Joy says he does two hours of prayer to make sure he's in the right loving state for the day. I just walk my 30 minutes along the Brisbane River and then I meditate.
1: Yeah. It's each to their own. Whatever gets you where you need to be.
0: To start the day, exactly. But value getting in the right state yeah. so that you can welcome the day and exactly. maximise the day.
1: Yeah, it doesn't just come from a cup of coffee. There needs to be a routine of of, of effort that you value.
0: I, love it. I agree, yeah. But then comes my cup of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because exactly. I go up to Joey's, my little cafe place. Yep, that's right. And it's amazing, Taylor, because I'm in the right state, I greet everybody up there. I know some people. I won't greet some people because they've made it obvious they don't want to greet me. That's okay. Yeah. But I know all the staff up there by name. So they even keep my little spot in the cafe just for me. Yeah. So other guests come in, they even steer them away because that's Bernie's spot.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So that (laughs) tell you what, folks, that is a routine. If you've got staff members clearing a table for you before you even get there, that's
0: a routine. (laughs) That's That's what they're doing. Yeah. They're doing so so all of that stuff in the morning puts me into the right state. Now, there's one other thing I do. I set my alarm based upon what I'm to do that day to either go off at 4 o'clock, 4.30, or 5 p.m. I'm talking about afternoon, evening, mm-hmm. because that's my exercise time. It's interesting. A lot of people exercise in the morning. I don't. Because I value getting in the right state for the day. yeah. And exercise to me is honouring the body, this miracle that you and I have got, this incredible machine. It needs to be exercised if I'm going to oil it and put in the right fuel to maximise it. Mm. But I do that afternoon, evening. I, I actually do that as well. Okay, question three is from Tony Groom. Oh, love that, man. Mr.
1: Nature. uh, A bit of an earlier episode. Um, Really interesting question, actually. Um, So, people live with fears. How Mm. can they dilute the fears, anxieties, and so cast away what blocks them from living a more fulfilled and loving life?
0: Wow. Uh, Yeah, there's a bit of an overlap there. I feel, with my answer to to Merrin's question, first of all, I have to ask myself, where does the fear and anxieties, where does it come from? Uh, I, I may have too shallow a view of things. There's every possibility that I do. But I do believe that so much of our fear is born out of what we've accepted from past experiences. It could have been Ken. Actually, I've got a feeling it was a book that I read and it suggested that one of the ways to dilute the past from impacting who we are today is to recognising that it's not the past event itself that impacts us today. It's the meaning that we gave the past. Mm -hmm. I'll try to give this an example. Two people get divorced. Yeah. Creates pain and chaos. There is no good divorce without loss. One person feels it should never have happened to them, I'm making it up, goes into revenge and retribution and woe is me mode. The other person accepts it as part of their human journey. Mm -hmm. Two different interpretations and two different meanings to the same event. Yeah. And yet... I suspect that one of those meanings is probably going to open up more possibilities for the fullness of life down the track than the other. Of course, yeah. The one who can possibly say, welcome to humanity, sometimes it happens and it's just part of the human journey is possibly the one who's going to let go of it and keep that sadness, pain and chaotic event as it was then and keep it where it belongs, back there. It doesn't have to impact who you are today. Yeah. Yeah. So the meaning that we give to events is interesting because I think that can change any time. People can look back upon an event and say, it was catastrophic. Oh, my God, it should never have happened. But they could equally look back upon it, like even now, and say, you know what? It did happen. Yeah. Welcome to life. Mm. And then the next question becomes, where are they learnt? You know, how how do they become so embedded? There's a lot of constructs. Yeah. Oh, (sighs) I believe, for example, that religions add value, and yep. yet I'm going to say here I'm not attached to any religion. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I say that they add value? Because if people believe in something, if they have faith in something, they can draw strength uh, strength from it. So mm. I'm going to be the first here to advocate those that are attached to their religions, I can see real value in that. But I'm also going to say there are many of the religions that determine within us what is right, what is wrong, the That's boundaries right. in which we operate, and they say this is sad and this is good and this is bad. I question some of those constructs.
1: Yeah, I you know? definitely agree. I think that feeds into society as well. Like there's there's religion, there's society, there's media, there's TV, there's everything that is telling us how to feel and how to and how to react to certain situations, and then that um, leads to fear. That leads to anxiety when potentially we're not reacting in the right way. How, how or much overreacting?
0: How much governance is out there in our you know local and federal and uh, state governments? You know, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. That is all about keeping order. Interesting enough, I understand the and, and appreciate the need for the rules, mm. but sometimes the rules are what they are stopping an individual from maximising a particular experience and don't actually apply to the specific circumstance that they're in. Yeah, so <laughs> it's know?
1: like the rules are leaking into places they don't need to
0: be. Being a love it, love it, love it, love yeah. it. And it's up to the individual to, to, to recognise, in my opinion, life. <laughs> Unless you believe in reincarnation, you're only getting one chance in it. Yeah. <laughs> so so maximize it. Mm. Learn through your own eyes what is real and what adds value to living and have the guts to live it. And I think Tony, thank you for your beautiful question. Yes, you're right, mate. We gotta we gotta teach ourselves how to let go of of the fear, anxieties, stresses and strains that our own mind and interpretation of past events generate for us. Free yourself. Wake up every day with a little bit of the view. Past has some irrelevancy. It is what it is. That's right. It is what it is. Wake up! It's a beautiful day to start living now. Exactly. Oh, I know I'm going to get calls from psychiatrists, and, psychiatrists <laughs> and I'm sure they're right. But this is how I see the world. I think that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah, just, just sharing, mate. Just sharing, innit?
1: No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, f- for me, I'm going to add my two cents worth in here.
0: Whoa!
1: <laughs> I know, I know, <laughs> only because only because I um. I I'm not sure why it is about me, but I'm I'm very good at um, at compartmentalizing my stresses and my fears and my anxieties. It's just something that naturally I'm I'm very good at doing, and it's a tool that I try and teach other people. And I found myself slipping up at many many times at work and my you know, stresses in a relationship or family pile on top of on top of you, and the best way I can dilute my fear and anxiety is by compartmentalizing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so I feel it took years and years and years of of trying to keep my stress at work at work. Yeah. And then coming home and living in the moment of being with my lovely husband and with my family yeah. and in my beautiful home that I live in. Yeah. And f- just actively when that, when those little thoughts creep into your head, just like those rules leak into your emotions and you know you actively have to be like that's at work. Yeah, that's at work. Yeah. I'm not at work. I'm not at work. And eventually, probably over a year and a half to two years, I realized I walked through my door coming home at you know five thirty, six o'clock in the afternoon,
0: and it was gone. Yeah, that's awareness, isn't it?
1: It's just being, it's ex- actively aware yeah. of your thoughts all the time and how they're impacting your emotions, like that, and others in your situation. I was constantly being told by people, you look stressed. Mm. And I'm like, I feel fine. Mm. But I didn't even realise that in the back of my head somewhere, every, you know, half an hour I'd be like, oh, did I do this at work?
0: Mm. As leave. a result of what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you – let's go to your question because I reckon your question might be oh. a little bit around this. I've just got a gut feeling.
1: Okay, yeah, it is actually. What is
0: your qu- – is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> All right, so – um. My question to you, Bernie. Yes. During moments of high stress or anxiety, it's very common to lose your sense of your values. In these moments, what tools do you use to maintain a clear perspective and continue to live with unconditional love?
0: Well, first of all, I'm going to respond to the word unconditional love because I'm going to actually say I don't believe in it. Oh, okay. Whoa whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa! Hey, it's Bernie? Isn't this about you know becoming more? Up, yeah, it is. But welcome to the human condition. We are full of imperfections. That's true. Yeah. And for those of you who want to uh, have a definition of unconditional love, I just see it as more my interpretation of what divine love might look like. Hey, there's no way in this world any human being that I know can use the word perfect and self in the same same sense. That's right. <laughs> so so unconditional love is like a perfect state to me. It's like the lighthouse. It's like it's like the pathway that w- that we can head towards. Right? Okay. Interesting enough about your question, I think you actually answered it. <laughs> in, well you <laughs> in the question. <laughs> okay, all right. Here's the word. Yeah. Here's the word that I really Loved. Mm-hmm. Perception. No, no, incorrect. Perspective. Perspective. Yes, Perspective yes. Perspective is the word. Okay. Oh, folks, here I go. <laughs> Here's your reality and my reality. Three years after I die, I don't know whether anybody's gonna remember my name bar one or two people that are connected to me through family. I reckon there'll be people that I've really got to know over time and three years after I'm gone, they're going to be saying, who is that guy that we got coached by many years? Oh, <laughs> what yeah. was his name again? You know. <laughs> and, and here's my point. We, we, we tend to take things so seriously. Here we are in a work situation. And we allow a work moment of today get the better of us and create stresses and strains. I'll take perspective on it, please. Yeah, it's easy to say. <laughs> Step outside yourself and I know now listen very carefully mm. this, for this Step outside yourself, look down at you at yourself and go, oh my God, I'm in a situation here where I'm allowing this that in the perspective of even a month won't count. Yes, one month from yes. now, this will not matter, one iota. And here I am losing a good day as a result of it. Yep. Take perspective. Dalai Lama in that beautiful book called The Book of Joy says it is the most innate, beautiful gift that every human being has, and that is the gift of perspective. And he regards it as the gift that we don't utilize enough. Mm. Yeah, We so live I know this sounds almost contradictory. We so live sometimes in the issue that we forget to stand outside of it and see the issue in a in a time frame of a month, two months, three months. Hey, even with COVID, the time was always gonna pass. Yeah. So the real question during COVID was how do you maximize life given the circumstances that are around it? yeah see it over time and how during covid could you have maximized life so that it can benefit your life beyond covid yeah well I'll share with you where I think a lot of people who had that response have really learned something valuable and it is there's a lot of people out there now valuing space in their life yeah. There's a heck of a lot of people out there that just have to fill their day. They've got to do something all the time. They've got to be building and creating. You can't build and create without space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> how do you reflect and how do you reevaluate and how do you come up with your creative strategies? A lot of people live urgent, reactive lives minute by minute, hour by hour until... They're in bed that night or they've come home for dinner, et cetera, et cetera, mm. and they're just waiting to go to sleep. But space in a day should be valued and prioritised. A lot of people learned that during COVID because COVID gave them that space. I agree. They couldn't come to work, mm. so they had to work from home. They had more space and time for themselves. They could knock off at Half past five, and feed the kids, and be with the kids. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) They could go visit grandma and teach her how to use an app. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) do wonderful things. I actually did that. I actually did that. Hold
1: (laughs) on, I did that exact thing during
0: COVID. I tried to get my grandma to use Zoom. (laughs) I'm (laughs) laughing to myself because there's no way in the world that my mother was ever supposed to know what an app is. (laughs) But thanks to my sister and some education from her uh, uh, sons and daughters. Yeah, my mother is messaging and we even have Zoom calls. But when would you not have, like, when would you have done that? You wouldn't have done that. That's it. That's just it. Space, space, space. COVID gave us, gave us space. Space allows us to take perspective. Mm. And half the time, if we take perspective, we'll recognise that the stress and the strain that we're currently feeling at the moment, you'll almost, with perspective, laugh at it. (laughs) <laughs> oh
1: yeah, I I definitely I I agree I agree.
0: But sometimes we get so caught up in the moment that the issue is occurring, don't we? Oh yeah, that
1: I I I personally have a very in and out of my control, um, perspective on things. Yeah. Um. That also, for me, goes with other people's emotions yeah. as well. Like, yeah. is this something that I can contribute to? Yeah. Do I need to put this anxiety and stress on me? Yeah. I can't do anything yeah. about it. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be there, yeah. but I'm not going to let it affect me because yeah. there's nothing in my control that I can yeah. do.
0: Yeah. Even yeah. in our interaction, you know, we've had experiences where either one of us yeah, you know, might have emotionally responded to an event mm. or a circumstance, but we must always remember no matter how the other responds, that is all about them. Mm. It's not about us because they have choices in the way that they respond, but how many of us take it personally?
1: <laughs> yeah and I think that's so, based off that's also based off
0: previous experiences been, yeah, yeah, completely. But the reality is they had a choice on how they responded. so therefore mm. they could have responded differently. Mm. they could have responded more fairly, they could have responded without the emotion and therefore that's all about them. Mm. but we take it on board ourselves as if it's about us. Mm. This is the awareness. This is the perspective that I'm talking about. Yep. that allows us to dilute the stresses and the strains in the first place. Yeah, wonderful. Is there another question? I think there. Is, that's there's only one, four. No, no, there's one more. Well, one we more. flipped it. I was supposed to be the last. Ah, know. right, okay. But I just felt that you, no, it, you it were playing with something before that it, I thought, this is his question, so let's link it. It, it went... Beautifully, Bernie, beautifully. It fed into the next one.
1: (laughs) Okay, um, very last one now is from Peter Darcy. Um, So his question to you, Bernie, is how do you coach others to see their greater potential and
0: to be more, do more, and live with greater joy? Wow. So coaching others, um, the first thing that comes to mind is that I'll speak personally, I have no right to coach others. I've run, you know, I've run seminars, I've run conferences, yeah. and so many of those have been my agenda, my content, almost inflicted over people. Yeah. <laughs> I so enjoy, for example, this process of podcasting. Mm. Why? Because it's a facilitation it's an interviewing. People can decide without me pushing the agenda onto them what they want to take away from it. I, I had a, I, I had a woman ring me after Ian Skippen's podcast with tears in her eyes, <laughs> right, saying, I just love the moment that Skip talked about hugging the tree. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I was going to put that in the cutouts. <laughs> I was going to cut that out.
1: Yeah, so you it, never know. It,
0: it meant nothing to me. Yeah. So my whole point is, is people see and interpret different things of value to them. So, in answer to Peter's question, first of all, do I even have the right to coach? Yes, but I've got to be invited to, to do that. That's called know my task. When I do coach, if I think I've got something to value, the first thing is I've got to be a model of what I'm coaching. Secondly, I would say to Peter Darcy and any employers out there, particularly if you would love to give more to your people like Stephen Gilbert does to his Domino's crew, then create experiences for them. Sometimes the experiences can be without any specific agenda but just create experiences with them that take people out of comfort zone. You cannot go out of comfort zone into something you've never done before and not learn. It's not possible. You've not yeah. done it before. You must learn. Yeah. People then will, through your modelling and those experiences that you provide for people, they will grow. They will evolve. You could be a facilitator of growth and involvement. Why not, Peter Darcy, run a book club within your own real estate firm? Why not, Steve Gilbert, run a book club for all those beautiful young people whereby everybody gets a book and you've got to read a certain chapter by Friday because we're going to actually discuss the insights of each individual had from that chapter Learning from each other, creating an environment of learning and growing, I promise you, people are going to to, to grow in themselves. With loved ones in my life, one of the great habits is let's read a book together and then come at the end of the week and let's share. What was your insight of that chapter? Oh, this was my insight. How different. I learned from her insight or his insight. They Mm. learned from my insight. This is great growth together. Mm. So coaching others, I will say this too, you've got to be called to be the coach. Some people want to be the coach because it makes them feel important. Yeah. No, you've got to have the right to teach. Are you a teacher? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And even the teacher, if they're why will know when it's their task and when it's not their task. Lead people towards the answers rather than give them the answers yourself. Create experiences for people in which they can discover the answers for themselves. I love what John Buchanan once said. Mm -hmm. Episode 3, he didn't say it in Episode Three, he said it in my connection with him at a previous engagement he said great coaches never motivate anybody great coaches paint pictures of possibilities in people's minds or they lead them to that picture that's seen as something greater than where they're at. And if they see that picture clearly and it's important to them, good news, Taylor, they'll motivate themselves yeah. into action. That's coaching. Thank you, Das. Good question. Great question. Yeah. Hey mate, how do we go? That was
1: fantastic. Really? We've sure? yeah, we got to do another one of these episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could get some audience questions eventually.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we've got a few floating around at the moment, but yeah. maybe just piling them together and maybe about ten episodes from now we may do that. Yeah, okay? I think it's amazing. That, that that would be really, really good.
1: I think it's great yeah, to reflect absolutely. um Yeah. And kind of get the um the guests back in a way,
0: you know? Um, and putting you in the hot seat, which yeah. is good is great. I, no, I, I I enjoyed that. Mate, you looked too bloody comfortable to me playing the role of Bernie. I'm a bit worried, mate.
1: Yeah, well, we did a test with a, what was it called? A whale with Taylor or something like that the other day. You might see a new episode coming out soon. A new
0: podcast. A new podcast. By Taylor Pierce. A whale of a tail. A whale of a tail with Taylor. Inspired by. A A journey journey with with Bernie. Bernie. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Goodbye, (laughs) folks, and thanks for listening. Look forward to uh, seeing you and uh, hearing from you next week. Bye bye. Bye. I do hope you enjoyed today's episode of A Journey with Bernie. I loved it. Of course, contact and connection details of our special guest today and any references to resource materials, books, or educational sources. They can all be found in the podcast notes or event description do go there folks our guests would so welcome your feedback and hearing from you now for those of you who have previously rung me about joining our forthcoming adventures to nepal and those glorious himalayan trekking trails this october and in april of 2023 it is truly great to have you joining us i am so thrilled But I know that some of you are interested and haven't rung me. So may I suggest you visit the website of Global Immersion, www.gitravel.com.au. Then ring me, ring me immediately on my number 0412 982 444. Now, if you're ringing from outside Australia, then you're going to have to use the country code of plus six one four one two nine eight two triple four. Gee, imagine you and I walking to Everest Base Camp over 14 glorious days or summiting Nepal's highest trekkable mountain. It's called Merri Peak. Maybe absorbing the beautiful Gokyo Lakes is your thing. Just call me. It'd be so great to have you on board with us. Embrace the journey, dear people. Thank you for embracing this episode. Enjoy the journey and just remember.